Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, and we are all over the map today. Uh, God bless Zoom during these quarantine times. We got Tries over there in Lake Tahoe up for our guy Spencer McLaughlin's wedding. And then we got the Canadian boys up in Vancouver, Ben Saxton and Grant O'Gorman. How we doing, gentlemen? Doing great. Yeah, pretty good. Fantastic. How's uh how's the training in Vancouver been? You guys are you finally get to compete again. It's been a while for you guys. Yeah, our last tournament was in Rome together, uh, which was almost a year ago. Uh, and since then, Ben actually moved to a different city in Calgary, and so this is our first week back together, just figuring things out. Yeah, how uh how'd the break go? I didn't realize. Like I knew that your last event was Rome, but it's crazy to think that that was a full year ago. That's insane. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, well, we were actually ready to go play the events in in Mexico. We were in LA uh, when everything just sort of shut down all at once. So the like we we were watching, and then the, N- the NBA stopped, and Grant was like, "Our tournament's gonna get canceled." <laughs> 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 so we went home. And then the year got canceled. <laughs> and then we haven't. <laughs> it's so insane. It's crazy. I was just thinking about the fact that. Doha is going to be our first event, and it was our last event too. <laughs> well, so, it happens, man. Yeah. Like, who would have thought we'd uh, be living through a pandemic? Yeah, at least you got to win some AVPs. And- yeah, yeah, no, we're at least we got to play AVPs. Like, we could definitely have it worse. Three events and in basically two weeks, and and then season's over. <laughs> <laughs> But just having something to train for is huge, which you guys probably know right now because you guys are headed out to the king of the court, right? Yeah, well, that was the whole point of it was to have something to train for, a little bit of extra motivation and uh, to test where we are uh, with our skills and are we still up there or what's happening? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just been sort of keep in shape and play a little bit uh, like once or twice a week and be like okay what am i what am i training for right now it's just sort of stay keep the body moving until there's something to play yeah have you guys noticed that it's really hard to uh just be motivated to go to practice or be at practice and like work hard when there's not really anything big on the horizon well i had a surgery i recently went through testicular cancer and uh Basically, I had to take a lot of time off for that. So COVID was actually really great for our team in that sense. (laughs) But uh, ever since that, I've been like training and just the king of the court lined up perfectly with um, the rehab and everything. So I've been fully motivated to to get back to it, to see where I am. Uh, I don't know how you feel. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit, it's like, what should I be training? Like, it's hard, it's hard to know what to focus on more than to be motivated to play because you can always find guys to go and, and play and then play for fun. But uh, right. to know what specifically to train for and how to yeah. train, it's kind of, it's difficult, obviously. Yeah, I found it, I found it to be really difficult. We, we've had to, actually our best practice was probably um, just, was that yesterday? Day before yesterday, where we all threw down 50 bucks and we played a king of the beach. And that was the best practice, I thought, because we were just all, like, really into it and dialed in playing for something. But practices before, I've felt like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Like, you know, kind of – I try to fight through it, but um, I definitely got that vibe. 
Oh, you just got to love the sport again, man. You took all that time a year and a bit ago, so that should be yeah. Well, speaking of that, I mean, you know, I went through some stuff that kept me off the court. How's uh, everything going with you in terms of health? And, like, actually, can you tell us a little bit about what ha- to whatever extent that you're comfortable? Like, what, what happened here and uh, yeah, how you're doing? I'm very open about it. Uh, last year, Ben and I were in uh, Hamburg, and I noticed something was a little off with my nipple. Uh, and I got home, and we did a bunch of things, couldn't figure out what it was. And then uh, eventually in January, I went to a different doctor. And in April, I found out it was testicular cancer and I had to get it removed. So I had surgery in May and uh, I'm all clear now. All my tumor markers in my blood uh, back to normal levels and I'm good to go. Basically back to before, but it was a very scary time. It was a lot of uncertainty and uh, it 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 was a sad moment, but it's something that I think I can will help motivate me in the future. Uh, I have something more to play for, not just myself anymore. And uh, I think I can do a lot of good in the world with it. Love it. It actually was kind of the pandemic might have saved his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> he, he would have been traveling and playing and stuff rather than getting himself checked, like doing the cancer tests and all that. Wow. So could have gotten bigger. So the fact that we had to come home and he was able to get tested and stuff was, and yeah, get it all figured out. Um, right. Because the longer, the longer you leave it, the more it spreads up and goes into your chest and sort of like Lance Armstrong had. So you were able to get it uh, at a pr- fairly early stage because of that? Well, I feel like it wasn't early because I felt symptoms uh, in July and I got it removed in May. So okay. a year. But it didn't spread, so that's uh, awesome. Just thankful that it didn't. Have you for seen sure. um, the Lance Armstrong documentary, the the Thirty for Thirty? Because it's two episodes. Have you watched? Have you watched those? No, I haven't seen it yet. Because he uh, he was talking about that when he got diagnosed with cancer, and he was like, you know, I thought it just hurt because I'm sitting on a bike seat, you know, for <laughs> ten hours a day. He's like, I thought that was kind of normal. And then he finally got checked out and he's like, oh, so that not every biker feels that. I feel like, you know, it's, it's probably like kind of hard to realize that you have symptoms of, of cancer, I would think, because I mean, what you guys are doing is super strenuous on the body. Um, I really like, didn't notice um, like pain down there until like before the surgery, after I got the ultrasound and they were pressing on it. Uh, but I did notice... Uh, like I knew my testosterone was very high. I, my nipples hurt and uh, my sex drive was very high. So I, I didn't know what all that meant. Right. But we figured it out. That's good. I don't know many people who can say that uh, COVID, the pandemic saved their lives. So that's a, that's a, a good situation for you guys, man. Well, yeah. they did, but it probably helped. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of, of volleyball, though, uh, you guys, I'm, I'm curious how partnerships and partnership changes work in Canada, because I feel like the, the pool of selection uh, isn't quite as high as, say, in, in the U.S., where like, I'm sure the rest of the world probably gets a kick out of how many partnership changes there are in the U.S., everyone flipping around. But 
how did you guys end up together? Because obviously, Ben, you had a, a great run uh, with Kame. And Grant, you kind of made your breakthrough uh, onto the world tour with Pedlo. And then uh, walk me through kind of how you guys ended up as partners. Uh, I begged him. <laughs> I begged him. I said, I'll do whatever. I'll move across the country. What do you, what do you want to do? And uh, he said, yeah, let's give it a shot. And uh, we played a tournament in Australia, a two-star, and we won it. And that sort of set us on a good path. It's not a bad way to start a partnership. Uh, just heading off to – that was in uh, Sydney, right? Yeah. Okay. And you guys had some battles. I was looking through uh, BVB, like your second – Second match, yeah, like what a 34 36 first set or something crazy, yeah. The playoffs, yeah, against Slovenia, yeah, it was hot too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, when you when you start your partnership with a win, uh, I mean, that that's got to be, I mean, Ben, for you, that had to have been pretty awesome having you know, trying out Grant, who, like you said, was was begging you <laughs> to play. Um, when you guys started a new partnership, like what were kind of the expectations? Like what were the goals? Were you laying out like plans for like a long-term run at Tokyo or was it, all right, let's like, just give this a shot. See what we can do here. Yeah. I mean, it's always, for me, it's always sort of how well can I do this year? Um, like, okay. I don't, don't want to be good now. So I, I try to, and as good, if I can be good every year, then eventually we'll make the Olympics. So it, that's kind of a, a side <laughs> <laughs> being if i can get if we can get very good on tour then we'll make it to the olympics right, yeah. so um yeah so it was like how can we have the how can i have the best season and with with grant it was the i've always been a western canadian guy which is different than most of the the uh the players on the the canadian players on tour are mostly from the east side of the the country and so i didn't I wanted to be a little closer to my home for training and stuff. And Grant offered to come out and, and, and do that with me. And he uprooted his whole life to come play with me, which is, was great. And so I love the motivation there. And I know that he'd be willing to work hard with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it was very nice to see, to start with a win. And then, uh, yeah, we've been growing as a team since then. Was it sim a similar situation with Kame where you guys partnered up and you were kind of like, like at the beginning of the quad, you weren't fully going for Olympics necessarily? It was more just seeing where you guys could stand? Or with Kame, was it like we're going for the to get to the Olympics early um, on? It was very, very similar with Kame is that we, Kame is also from Alberta, which is the same province as me. Uh, um, and so we, uh, we both weren't really having the best time in the East, like having to uproot our whole lives out to, out to there in Toronto. In Toronto. And uh, so we decided, Kame and I ended up mostly moving to LA. And obviously he's there now permanently, but um, yeah. yeah, we ended up moving mostly to LA uh, to train there because we just wanted to train with a, a bunch of top teams. Cause at the time the Canadian program was pretty, um low caliber the, the right team. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah like obviously it's much better now um but yeah then at that point it was like there's no point in being here if there's no good teams here to, to train with right um 
<laughs> Grant's just like, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, I was like 17 at the time, so it's... <laughs> yeah, so, yeah we, we just sort of built our own program in the, in the West, and then, yeah, I didn't really want to go back after Kim and I, after Kim right. and I got playing together, so the fact that Grant came out to, to build on what I had already been doing was... Yeah. How was the motivation? I, I, I look at a, um, or just watch documentaries or read stuff about a lot of Olympic athletes. And, and there's usually like this time of like uncertainty after the Olympics when it's built up and you work so hard to go to one thing. And then the year after it's usually like a down year or even the next two where you're trying to figure out where to go. And like you said, you're, you want, knew you wanted to live at home, but you didn't know who you could play with if you were to live at home and was there um, a period there of uncertainty in terms of like whether you wanted to play world tour or like uh, how you wanted to go about the next quad? Um, not about whether I wanted to keep playing, but it's mostly like who, who I was going to play with. There was a little bit of a, little bit of a period where I was trying to figure it out. Um, there was a couple couple of the Canadian guys that I was deciding between and ultimately chose Grant because I thought he would be the best the best fit. Yeah. Um yeah, but it's I mean, it was more after the twenty twelve Olympics that I didn't qualify for. Like in Canada we do the trials uh process if you don't qualify through the top fifteen. Oh right, yeah. And so me and Christian Redman played that and, and lost. So we came within one game of the Olympics and then lost. And so it was after that one was, which Grant actually did the next, the following Olympics in 2016. Um, so lost. so there, there's that connection. There too. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so after that one where, like before that Olympics, everything for me, it was like focus on the Olympics, focus on the Olympics. And that's, that's sort of when my mindset changed to um, take it year by year sort of thing. And if I'm good enough, I'll make the Olympics as a, as a byproduct. Um, so yeah, that between after 2012 was more of a, like when, when I didn't qualify for the Olympics, it was more of a, a mental shift there than uh, after making it to the Olympics, because obviously the mental shift, uh, help things because then yeah came came and i afterwards got quite a bit better and focusing on year by year rather than an entire quad yeah um, yeah exactly yeah wait can you uh can you guys walk me through your olympic qualifying process again i didn't realize that you guys you guys do olympic trials yeah that's so awesome there's if you like there's the whole the top 15 or top 16 or whatever it, i think it was top 16 then um, that uh, if you qualify through that, then you get your spot automatically. But okay. if you go through the continental uh, qualifier, so that in that process, you work as two teams are working for the same country, like to get one berth. Okay. So the way we did it there is the two teams that competed in that um, continental qualifier. Since we won, since we won the berth, the Canadian the berth for Canada those two teams had to play off a match to see which one gets to go just one match 
Yeah, one match. We, oh, man. We were fighting for like a series or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> obviously the match didn't go our way. It didn't go their way. It's, it's tough. It always, goes, always goes Ben Stock's way somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be – I mean, where does that stand as like the most intense match you've ever played? Like that <laughs> – that's crazy. Yeah, there's some emotion there. Uh, well, I think the match to get there too is, is pretty tough. We had a golden set against Venezuela, and if we won, we got Canada birth. If we lost, then Venezuela got it. Okay. It was Sam and I against this Venezuela team, and one set to 15. That's it. Jeez. <laughs> Man, those are some high stakes. We got a lobby for, uh, like, an NBA style, like, best of seven, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's also tough because for my – 2016 process we went to mexico we came second so we lost they go straight to sochi and then straight back to toronto to play this this game and that was after going on the world tour the whole year yeah jeez that's a lot wow <laughs> that'll teach you to perform under pressure goodness and i didn't realize the that it's the olympics so then, yeah. then the team that goes through that whole process is super, <laughs> super trained <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> hey uh you guys are still a little soft on volume on my end if you can oh. either just talk loud or uh speak up. The, the mic a little closer yeah, just zoom. FYI. zoom can be tricky sometimes but grant i uh i'm really curious that's a huge move that you made uh going from one side of the country i'm guessing you were on the east side of canada okay and toronto for <laughs> I'd say for our listeners' benefit, but my, I'm also geographically challenged. It's on the east side, <laughs> right? Um, what made you want to make that move all the way over to the west coast? Because that's that's pretty big, um, and I know that you didn't have the like the best year prior. So I feel like you could have been at that point where like, is this something I really want to do or not? Uh, well, I I think Ben's the best blocker Canada's ever had, so I thought it was a no-brainer. Uh, to see how it goes and see if I was up to the level. Uh, and I was willing to bet on myself. And uh, yeah, it, was a, it was a little sad to move away from what I had, but uh, it also opened up a whole world of opportunity out here. And uh, I met my fiance here and we have a nice life here. And it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah. And, and from what I understand, you were living a pretty mobile life, right? Were you, were those the van days? No, I, well, I drove out here in my car and I, you know, I had places to sleep here and there, but uh, in 2018, Ben and I were traveling so much, it didn't make sense for me to uh, get an apartment by myself. So I decided to just get in a van for the off season and nice. it was, it was fun. It was, it was interesting. I drove down to California, went to Tofino, yeah, but then I met my girl and moved in with her. Yeah. What uh, what kind of van did you have? Because those things are like since the pandemic started, like RVs and and vans, like sprinters, getting tricked out to, for like people to live in and just road trip are like going crazy. Try, I mean, you see how expensive they are now. Yeah, I was gonna go on a road trip, and then I realized that that was gonna be really expensive if I wanted a nice RV. Yeah, so I'm good, out. <laughs> one Ford E250 or three. Okay, like it was. Just a work van. Just a work van. <laughs> okay. It wasn't really that decked out. Um, 
but got the job done for a bit. Yeah. And now I see that uh, you and the, the fiance is teaching you some Portuguese, huh? Yeah, I've been learning for over a year and uh, I hope to live down there for some of the year for the winters and train and play on the Brazil tour. And uh, yeah. That would be solid. Have, have you guys ever done uh, one of those like Brazil training camps? Or I know um, I was talking to uh, Marco Kratiger yesterday and he, he, was, he always goes out to Tenerife in the off season. I don't know if you guys ever did any of those <laughs> exotic beach training camps. Well, for, for us, previously we went to California a lot. Uh, and then last year we just went early to some tournaments, basically. Like we went to Brazil early. Yeah, well, now I have family down there, so it's, it's like a dual-purpose trip, and there's great athletes and nice beaches, so I'm, I'm keen on that. Yeah. Because I think training indoors in the winter, like indoor beach volleyball, isn't, isn't the best. Yeah, what, um, what does your off-season look like? I don't know if, if, if the west side of Canada is similar, is more close to California and climate. Where Are you able to train? In the off season, or do you have to find somewhere indoors? So there, there is an indoor facility. Uh, Vancouver is better than the rest of Canada, where uh, it's similar to Seattle. So it rains a lot, but it doesn't snow. Okay. Um, it still gets cold. Yeah, it still gets quite cold. So instead, like the rest of Canada, it'll, you'll be, you'll be indoors from like October till, till April. Um, okay. Here it'll be probably more like November till early March. Okay. Yeah. And so when, like, when does kind of preseason usually kick up for you guys? I guess maybe depends on the FIVB schedule, but I don't know if you guys have like a typical schedule. It totally depends on the year. We try to get up a couple weeks before. Okay. And I know that in recent years, I mean, Ben, you were talking about how, you know, Canada wasn't, you know, exactly a beach volleyball power, but now when you look at it, I mean, you guys have been coming up both on the men's, but I mean, the women's side too. Has it been fun for you guys to watch like Canada sort of rise up the ranks pretty quick? Well, I think the men's side can do a lot better, first of all, right? including us. Uh, but the women's side, it's been amazing to see uh, Heather and Brandy be ranked first in the world for one year, and then the next year, Sarah Melissa win the worlds and be ranked first. Like, very inspiring for us, uh, very inspiring for all Canadians, and it's uh, it's really amazing. For sure. Yeah, it was crazy for me, too, because, like, even when we were back on the Norseka tour, like, a lot of the athletes that were on the Norseka, and, like, you never really know who's going to make it out of that yeah. are now, like, becoming world champions and like, stuff like that. So it's crazy <laughs> to see the progression. And then, I mean, at that point, I don't think Canada on the women's side was not strong at all, right? When we all kind of first came out, or were, uh, did they have a team at that point? And, uh, yes, Heather and Sarah sort of were the the catalyst team that sort of the only ones, yeah. But but at first, Sarah was just coming off of uh, uh, coming Broder, out of indoor. Christina, Jenny Broder and Christina Valias also like at they they kind of. The same time. at the same time started started 
I think they built off each other a little bit. Yeah. There's a bit of a rivalry. Right. They won that Fuzhou tournament. Yeah. So they when okay. one, one team did well, the other one was like, oh, I got to do well now. And right. They built up off each other a little bit. Yeah. That's cool. I know. I mean, for me and try the answer for because the men on the U.S. side, I think, are also lagging at least, but I think probably in, in talent and just in depth to the women. And for us, it's kind of easy to look at it and say, well, there's the college game for the women. So I think that the Americans are just always going to have way more top flight teams. But for you guys, why do you think there is that there's that gap kind of between the same thing? Yeah, like our girls get full rides to go play in the States and they come back and they're better than most girls in the national team. Right. True. It's always funny for me because I write a lot of college beach volleyball and I'm looking at the rosters. I'm like, we got Canada, 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 Canada. It's just the, the U.S. college system is becoming like the international pipeline for like up and coming talent development. Well, yeah, there's like the Latvian girl too who's going to the Olympics who played at USC. And yeah. There's a ton of girls. I, I think the, yeah, the guy side's sort of lacking. I also think in Canada, um, they sort of ranked. At the trial camp, they put defenders above blockers because they were more skilled and had more technical, uh, better technical skills. So um, for a long time, we just didn't give money to blockers. And I think uh, tough. we didn't develop any blockers. So now we have a bunch of 6'2 guys that are pretty good. Huh. And, uh, <laughs> the game has really changed. And you see other countries that develop these huge guys, even when they're not that good, and then they just get good. Right. So, yeah it's crazy how the world tour really you really see how physicality like can be the difference between there's there's so many good players out there but when you get a good player who's also physically just dominant is when they just take over you know you got these a, a lot of the bigger guys on tour are just as skilled as the smaller guys yeah. and that's a problem yeah, like <laughs> You and I are two of the smaller blockers now. We're undersized, yeah. <laughs> I'm six seven, but I'm an undersized blocker now. Like it's <laughs> Yeah. It is crazy. I know. Makes me think, am I supposed to play be playing defense or <laughs> you are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of... you're with another undersized blocker and now you're doing both. I'm gonna be a defender by the time I retire. <laughs> Not to scare you, Grant. <laughs> I said, like, do you guys ever train um, with the Sams, or are they? I don't know where they are located within Canada. We're in Toronto, so we do when we're there, um, but not that often because we're a country apart. Yeah, they're basically another team on the world tour. Yeah. Okay. Trying to try. Okay. Who uh, who do you guys train with mostly? You will get to find out who Ben Saxton and Grant O'Gorman train with uh, after a quick word from our sponsors number one as always goes to wilson volleyball they make the best balls in the game just the best equipment in general in beach volleyball so go check them out wilsonvolleyball.com and use our discount code sandcast-20 to get 20 percent off listen off season i know we didn't really have like a real season but off season is coming up and you want to get a new bag of balls that you can train with all off season long to get you ready for the 2021 season, which will hopefully be happening. So use Sandcast-20 for 20% off of all Wilson products. Uh, a little specific sponsor shout out uh, for this episode. Uh, go check out Movember. 
Uh, Grant O'Gorman is now a Movember ambassador. It's I know it's kind of goofy with the mustaches and everything, uh, but it's actually the, the leading charity for men's health awareness, and I encourage you to check it out. Uh, or at the very least, grow out a nice, terrible mustache for for Movember. Um, you know, this is kind of a, a men's health awareness kind of episode. So check them out. They're actually a great charity. Um, they do a lot of good things for men's health. So check out Movember today. And last but not least, of course, Try and I would love it if you guys checked out Volleyball for Milkshakes, our new book on beach volleyball that is packed with lessons and insights from all the top guests we've had on this show if you are a listener of this show, if you love beach volleyball, we know that you love volleyball for milkshakes. It's for all ages, be it middle school to 50 years old and up. If you love beach volleyball, that is the book for you. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to our shout out to the sponsors and back to our episode with Grant O'Gorman. Um, well, today we actually have five teams coming to our practice. Nice. King of the court. Um, there's some good guys here. Um, yeah, there's a solid local local crew of, of athletes that all just um, played a lot of college ball and uh, just somewhere on the national team. Yeah, um, okay. just some um, former players, um, mostly indoor guys that transferred to the beach. But the Kits Beach, Kits uh, is the beach. Kitsilano. Kitsilano Beach is the big beach in Vancouver, or the the nice beach in Vancouver that everyone goes to. Um, so they they have a solid. Uh, beach crew that just there's no money in it for Canada so they just decided not to travel okay um, so they're solid players but just not yeah but very well to prepare for tournaments we really need to yeah go where the guys who hit a little harder are <laughs> right yeah that's got to be so helpful Ben didn't your dad doesn't your dad have a facility yeah so that's, like that? that's actually like we said at the start of the pandemic, I moved back to uh, Calgary. And so they have a facility in Calgary uh, called the Volley Dome. Um, so I've been sort of helping run that over the last, uh, since April. Um, yeah, and so it's, it's uh, they actually have two facilities. One's a fully indoor facility and they're changing the other one to fully beach. So it's, there's two indoor beach courts and like a fully loaded training room and then uh, four outdoor beach courts as well. So it's going to be a really, really nice beach facility um, in Calgary pretty soon. He's going to run it. He's going to be awesome. beach programs and develops the athletes and makes my next, next teammate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. What a great name too, the Volley Dome. <laughs> it's, it's a bubble. It's a temporary... Um, like one of those tennis, yeah, bubbles. tennis bubbles or, okay. or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's that, but just the volleyball inside. That's sweet. <laughs> Have you guys played King of the Court before, or is this both of your guys' first first go at it? I played a couple of weeks ago with some buddies. But... <laughs> <laughs> I've been you in King's Court for training, but yeah, <laughs> I thought you guys had played in one. I didn't realize you guys hadn't played in one. It's Dude, it's so fun. I'm, I was supposed to go, obviously – but I'm kind of bummed I'm not going. I'm glad I'm not getting on a plane right now. Yeah. It's just for peace of mind, but uh, it's really fun. And the setup looks really cool. So, I don't know. I'm excited for you guys. Yeah. What's that? Stadium of, stadium of press boxes, basically. Yeah, exactly. I know. For our 
listeners, you guys got to check out. Well, first of all, just watch King of the Court. Uh, I think I believe they're live streaming it from their website. Um, but yeah, it, it's all box seats, and like fans are gonna. You can li- if you want to hear about King of the Court, you can listen to Wilco's episode. But it's all box seats, and like people are getting served drinks and like food, and it's all coming to their boxes, and it's just like a full like coliseum like atmosphere and i'm sure they do all the smoke and fire and there's a dj up there so it should be pretty epic yeah it's all at night so it's fast and you're like looking at the clock and the scoreboard the whole time and it's super fun we're super excited Um, your sky ball is going to come in handy when you want to delay if you have a lead (laughs) yeah you want to kill some level into the darkness who knows yeah (laughs) if it leaves the stadium yeah it might leave the light yeah. Adrian's gonna be there too, so yeah. that'll be sick. Have they released the pools for it yet? Yeah. Okay, so who do you guys have? Do you know? So we we have uh, Brower Musin, uh, Plavins Talks, uh, Grimalt Grimalt, and then another Dutch team. I'm not sure the the names. Okay, I was looking at the entry list, and it was before it was confirmed. And it was like this team, this team, uh, Dutch wild card. This team, this team, Dutch wild card. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be so many teams from the Netherlands in there. I assume it's gonna switch around a bunch just because you know like tries not coming now and yeah, things will switch. Yeah, you know I I gotta gotta ask. So every Norseka I've been to, every Canadian is obsessed with sky balls. What what's up with Canada and loving sky balls? Well, it comes from uh, Kit's Beach. Uh, you always basically skyball on match points, uh, even in tight games. Really? I'm not a, a super big believer in that. Okay. For me, skyballs came from uh, – I was, I was in Moscow, and Binstock and Schachter were about to play Adrian, and they asked if I could serve to them in warm-up, and I said, yeah, I could probably skyball you, and I'd, like, hit them all. <laughs> you guys should do this <laughs> you know i can't hit my float serve as down as some of these other guys so i thought something different might be <laughs> and yeah i tried it for a year it sort of hurt my shoulder a bit but then uh so i don't do it as much <laughs> it's a fun thing it's creative it's makes the crowd on your side and uh yeah it just gets guys out of rhythm and changes it up a bit yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the parts about King of the Court that a lot of guys love too, because you'll get like Anders is out there hitting sky balls, and you just like a lot of guys just they get creative and do fun things that they wouldn't otherwise do. It's also nice because there's no like ranking points on the line. It's sort of an exhibition fun thing. There's some money, but you know some people aren't motivated by money, so it's uh, it's just a beautiful place. Everyone's so cooperative, and it's. Uh, Looks like a nice atmosphere. It's a good way to try new things against good teams. Yeah. And try, I mean, you were saying the past couple of weeks that like one of the biggest benefits from having the event, even though you're not playing, is just having something to train for. I feel like yeah. has that been nice for you guys too, just to have like something to want you to get after it and practice again and train hard? Yeah. I mean, it reunited us because we're cities apart now. And, yeah. Uh, super nice to start playing again with Ben and the set's exactly where I want it and uh, yeah very motivating in the gym motivated and practice motivated I'm just happy to be playing yeah 
And you guys, I know, um, you know, you had that, that gold medal in Sydney. Um, but another huge finish that you guys had last year uh, was making the finals in Edmonton. That had to have been a blast making the finals in front of the home crowd. Uh, how was that event uh, for you guys? Yeah, it's, it's really nice because Edmonton's also in my home province of Alberta. Okay. Like I had my entire family was out and watching and that's the first time I've been playing on tour for the last like 13 years. And that's the first time I, my, it's been close to home for me. <laughs> yeah. Tournaments are never there. Um, so my whole family was able to come out and it's really special to be able to, to play in front of the whole home crowd where you actually know most of the people in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found the crowd just sort of boosted us by a couple of points each set. To be honest, like there's some games that maybe we're gonna lose and then we just didn't. We're just yeah, you know, just think positively and we're encouraged. And we started the tournament a little slow. Our first first game of the match was against Harley and Luciano Luciano and uh we were down fourteen eleven in the third and ended up winning and then Oh, good comeback. The tournament went from there. <laughs> And you made a nice comeback pushing uh, pushing the final to three, too. Um, and it, you guys were down a couple in the in the second. And you made – it was a good job to, to push it to three and win that set. Yeah. It was, uh, it was all Ben. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good partner. Where's uh, – I mean, I know that every country kind of has its own little tour. Um, I mean, we have the AVP. I know that the Swiss guys have their tour, this German tour, um, the New Zealand tour and everything. Do you guys have local events that you play too? I know the Van Open's getting pretty big. A lot of guys travel in, in for that one. Yeah, that's like the only event that Canada has that's a regular. Well, they have some in Ontario, but we'd have to win in order to pay for the flight. So Okay. doesn't really make sense to go. Um, I've been working on something, like a little semi-pro league that's been – that started over the last couple of years. Um, Hashtag MBVL. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, in Vancouver and Calgary now. And so there's okay. basically just local leagues. And then at the end, the winners of the leagues play each other. And it's, oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, that's, been, there's that's, been, that's been pretty fun. Yeah, there's a little bit of money for the, the winners in both. Uh, nice. That's cool. I don't play in that because I'm the, the commissioner. But <laughs> the commission. <laughs> Um, now, I know, Grant, at the beginning, uh, we were talking beforehand that uh, you guys mentioned that you kind of want to talk about, like, uh, men's health awareness. You know, I know you guys got the, the fresh Lulu boardies with the Movember. Um, it's kind of the, the floor is yours here to, uh, to speak up on it. Well, well um, <laughs> I'm starting to work with Movember. Uh, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer, and now I seem to be okay. But I encourage all men to check their testicles at least once a month in the shower. Uh, feel for lumps, uh, for pain, for change in shape, or anything else. And if you do, just go see your doctor. It'll probably be okay. It's one of the most curable uh, forms of cancer. And uh, also, if anyone wants to buy our shorts. That's what we came for. <laughs> Uh, I will be donating the proceeds to November. We have uh, four pairs, so just let me know on Instagram. It's probably the best. Awesome. Instagram message you uh, to get a pair of board shorts. Yeah, to support November, to support uh, men's health awareness.
Awesome. And where, uh, where can the listeners reach you guys on Instagram? Uh, what are the handles here that we should be following? Instagram, one, two, three, four. <laughs> and then Saxton, 13. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, you boys, uh, you're leaving for Utrecht on Monday? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Well, I know you have uh, you got your your king of the court practice uh, coming up, so we will uh, we won't keep you guys any longer. But thanks for taking the time uh, to chat, and good luck out there in king of the court. Have a blast, man! Thanks, guys. Sorry you can't come try, so we can't beat you down. But... No. <laughs> I owe you guys one. From, Tries uh, still from licking Stad. his wounds from Stad. <laughs> 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 right, guys. Cheers, guys. <laughs>